Welcome to Watershed's December podcast. My name is Mark Cosgrove and I'm the head of programme here at Watershed. As I write this, I've just heard the news of the death of the truly visionary, lovable and completely mad Ken Russell. He surely will be remembered as one of the great film directors, transforming cinema and television in the 1960s. His documentary work for BBC Monitor programme seemed to get inside the mind of composers and he found an exhilarating cinematic representation of music. I remember well having my 14-year-old brain rewired by his film of the Who's rock opera, Tommy. He will of course be remembered for those astonishing films of the 60s and the controversy of the devils in the 70s. However, I have a great fondness for his work in the 1980s. Films like Altered States, Crimes of Passion and yes, The Lair of the White Worm. A much underrated and misunderstood Russell film in my view which contains all of Ken's irreverence and cinematic aplomb. Long may his films be screened. As we head towards the end of the year, in that time-honoured tradition, I'm going to take a personal look back at 2011 in cinema at Watershed. As I remember, it kicked off with a relatively unassuming, yet another royal costume drama in the shape of The King's Speech. It had barnstorming performances from the trio of Colm Firth, Geoffrey Rush and Helena Bonham Carter, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. But no one, not even I, quite expected it to be the box office success it turned out to be. As an appropriate bookend to the year, we welcome back one of its producers, Ian Canning, with his new film, Shame, directed by Steve McQueen, and a distinctly different kind of film as it dips into the modern male psyche. What has been striking about this year has been the strength, range and confidence of British filmmaking. There were not only box office hits, like The King's Speech and The Inbetweeners, but a great mix of genre films, with the reinvention of the never-dormant horror genre, Kill List and The Awakening, to good old-fashioned spy in Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, to brilliant documentary Senna by Asif Kapadia. On the documentary front, we end the year with Carol Morley's moving new film Dreams of a Life. Then, of course, there was the critically acclaimed too long-awaited new film from Lynn Ramsey, We Need to Talk About Kevin, a strong contender for film of the year. It was good to see Ramsey's distinctive directorial vision back on screen, as it was to see Andrew Arnold's take on Wuthering Heights. It was also good to see the directorial feature debut of actor Paddy Considine, with his truly uncompromising Tyrannosaur. It was round about this point in the autumn that I received a number of concerned emails from Watershed Cinema Goers, can't we have some respite from this visceral bleak onslaught, was the general thrust. Rest assured, as I pointed out, that Nanny Moretti's We Have a Pope was due to arrive in December. Also on the British front, and closer to home, was a sneak preview for cast and crew of the first of the Eye Features slate of films, the micro-budget films produced out of Bristol. The Dark Half turned out to be a deaf genre film with an unexpected twist, and I look forward to hopefully screening it in the new year. Other matters of cinematic interest was the great 3D German standoff, Herzog or Wenders, Cave Art or Pina Bosch. In the end, both directors used 3D in quite brilliant ways, bringing an artist's eye to possibilities of the technology. However, it was not enough to get Mark Kermode to come to Watershed to eat his shoe. That will have to wait for David Lynch. In the meantime, you can see what Scorsese does with 3D in his latest film, Hugo, which opens in December. Documentaries have lost none of their cinematic appeal in 2011. In addition to Capadia's Senna, 
there were a host of strong films, from insights into tortured chess genius Boris Spassky to the extraordinary campaigning activism of Harry Belafonte. So my top five. Italian film La Quattro Volte for its mesmeric, captivating humour and goats and for poking fun at man's absurd notion that he somehow is in control. Jerzy Skolomowski's riveting, near-wordless political and allegorical thriller Essential Killing, which had the masterstroke of giving Vincent Gallo the main part, but no dialogue. I've been banging on about the fact that African cinema represents less than 1% of films released in the UK, so to have one released was something to celebrate, to have one with such subtlety and warmth of character as Mohammed Sali Haroun's A Screaming Man was a joy, and is my third choice. Tomboy comes in joint with Weekend. Both films deal in unfussy, unhysterical, uncliched ways with sexual identity and emotions. Of the documentaries, Black Power Mixtape was for me the highlight. Swedish television reporters get revelatory interviews with key black civil rights leaders in the 60s through their journalistic desire to understand what is going on. The result was cultural insight and understanding of the highest order. The film that lingers longest in my mind is Tree of Life. Apart from the jaw-dropping revelation that Terence Malick has had lunch at Watershed Cafe Bar on at least two occasions, it was the film that I booed at Cannes, well, grumbled with, and which I now consider a masterpiece. Its genius requires a few sittings, well, at least for me it did. That's probably more than five, but it was certainly a busy year in the cinema. My guilty pleasure has to be Rise of the Planet of the Apes, a prequel to the original, and which sets up another viewing of that classic immediately. You can see the original interviews with some of the names mentioned above. The King's Speech producers Ian Canning and Gareth Unwin, directors Carol Morley and Asif Kapadia at watershed.co.uk forward slash dshed. If you want to share your thoughts on 2011 in cinema, then email me mark at watershed.co.uk or tweet me at msc45. May your Christmas be merry and may your 2012 be cinematic. That's all for this month.